From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 229. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's and Capto. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hello, Brad Dowdy. Well, you're not just joined by me today. I mean, I appreciate that I'm joining you today and that you're joining me, but what, what I'm really appreciative of is Brian and Lisa Anderson from Anderson Pens joining us. Hey, Brian and Lisa. Good morning. Hello. How are y'all? I cannot believe that we are 229 episodes into this show, and we're just having you on. What it's is it? um. Well, we just wanted to make sure you had it all together before we were out. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make, just make sure it was legit. What we had to do, Mike, is we had to make sure that we were always ahead of them in podcast number. That's true. I know y'all are like over 200, though, right? We were, yeah, we, um, there were a couple weeks where we really didn't want to do a podcast because it was you know, right before a show or right after. And we were like, no, we have to, because Brad's like one ahead or one behind or whatever. So yeah. we're competitive that way. Yeah, we did 201 last night. So, wow. Congratulations. Nice. Well, congratulations. That's, that's pretty awesome. We'll, we'll talk more about that as, as we get through the show, but gosh, between, us and y'all, that's well over 400 podcasts about pins. Did you think this would ever be like a thing? Well, you know, if you do the math, that's over eight years. Golly. <laughs> that's kind of scary. Don't do that to me again, Lisa. <laughs> I'm not good at math. <laughs> so, I mean, I think most everyone listening to us or, you know, that have been around the pin community a while are familiar with Anderson pins and Brian and Lisa Anderson and, and the world tour that they're on and the, the awesome shop that they have. But I think, you know, there's probably some listeners that aren't too familiar with it. So I wanted to just take a step back just for like a second and talk about how before there were pins, before you were like doing pin shows before y'all even knew each other, like Lisa, how did, were you into fountain pens? Like as a thing, as you were growing up and like, did this turn into something as you were older or was it just something you kind of latched onto later in life? Well, I, I've always enjoyed writing and, uh, always had uh, special pens that I would use for journaling or, um, even homework. Uh, and as I got older, I kind of stopped I lost interest for a little while with kids and all of that, and then um, got back into it in the late 90s. Just remember, I was bored and uh, just remembered how much I really enjoyed, um, you know, some of the really cheap, uh, like Schaefer school pens and things like that that I had used when I was in school, and uh, found a couple and um, got rehooked. And did 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 you start? Um like trying to find other fountain pens then, or did you, you know, the, the internet was in its younger years. Then did you jump online and try to figure out where I can get more of this stuff? Or do you look locally and try to find some pen shops to, to get more involved? Uh, I was in Tampa and there was uh, one pen store, but it was downtown and I hate uh, one way <laughs> streets and parallel parking. So I spent a lot of time on eBay uh, <laughs> and I, I was lucky. I, I met someone online Um who did some pen repair and he became a bit of a mentor and uh, kind of steered me toward Estabrooks because they were cheap, they were easy to find and they were easy to repair. Yeah. That that's super cool to have like that little bit of a guiding hand to kind of get you in the right direction when you're just getting into it. What about you? What about you, Brian? Is this like a, a deep seated thing, this love for pens that you, that you currently have? Has this been around your whole life? 
Well, I, uh, I've always been interested in antiques and I used to go to a lot of antique stores and I came across one day a, a Venus president, which was a, a striped pen looks similar to a vacuumatic and I couldn't take my eyes off it. So I bought it, um, ended up actually breaking the pen between <laughs> the point where I left the antique store and getting home. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> that was a good buy. Ended up, uh, Ended up calling the the antique store owner and uh, uh, asked if I could get in touch with the the, the vendor, and we ended up having a uh, about a two hour phone conversation about fountain pens, uh, and then uh, eBay came along and uh, uh, I started buying pens off of eBay, and then I realized there were literally millions of of uh, variations, and then uh, the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> so. You know, you started doing this, started getting to eBay, started kind of building your collections, figuring out what you liked. And wh what was kind of the next turn for each of you individually? I mean, is, is that when you're starting to like, OK, go out into the community, go to pen shows for you, your own personal needs? This is obviously before Anderson Pins is a thing, because at this time you're not married, right? I mean, that's kind of part of your story. We were both in other relationships and um, didn't know each other, but we were both collecting Estabrooks and um, kind of became linked um, just by reputation. You know, if you had a question about an Estabrook, you know, ask Lisa or ask Brian. Um, I went to a couple of pen shows uh, probably about the same time. We think that we may have gone to a pen show together before yeah. we knew each other mm. <laughs> um, in Miami. But mm. um, the Miami pen show back in, I don't know, 99 or 2000 was um, an eye-opening experience for me. It wasn't just um, me interested in all of this. And it was amazing. I, I met a couple people who I'm, I'm still good friends with at that one pen show. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Deb Kinney kind of took me under her wing at the show. I clearly looked like a deer in the headlights <laughs> and um, took me around, introduced me to people. I bought my first modern fountain pen, um, which I regret selling. So I'm always on the lookout for it. Oh, um, what was it? What you got to tell us now? Uh, it was a Visconti Kaleido, the um, original version in Burgundy. Nice. Nice. And, and so this finally escalated to a point where y'all are kind of running across each other's paths more frequently. So how did, uh, how did this finally come to be Anderson pens? Well, uh, a long story short, I guess, um, Facebook came along and, uh, I was sitting there in my room one day and I thought, well, I wonder what that Lisa is doing and sent her a request. Um, uh, that was after we met the first time. Though. That was it. We, we, yeah, we did. We met in 2003 at the Chicago Pen Show. Um, Two geeky, nerdy pen friends. And um, <laughs> we actually had some of our pens photographed for one of Paul Arano's books. Mm -hmm. And it's one of my favorite stories and Brian's least favorite stories. <laughs> <laughs> the pens were all attributed to me. In the book, even though most of them were Brian's. So, <laughs> so it was. Uh, you got it straight in a second printing. Though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we we used to bid against each other on eBay and I cost him a lot of money. And because um, if I couldn't have it, he was going to pay for it. Yeah. 
but uh, then we we called a truce, and then um, we met, like Brian said, in in uh, 2003 at the Chicago Pen Show, um, and then kind of lost touch for a couple of years until he he friended me on Facebook, and uh, we reconnected. Oh, that that's pretty cool. I, I I'm over here grinning because I, I love these stories like this, and you're probably like, oh, we've told this story a million times, but. <laughs> I want to hear it, and I want to, I want to make you cringe a little bit telling it, <laughs> telling yep. it again. Because, but I think it's important that people understand that you guys have been doing this for a long time. Like this is this is what you've been into for, I mean, decades at this point. And you know, it's important to y'all. And you've always been in this community. You've always been like a very positive light in this community and very helpful. And you know, this comes from this backstory. I mean, this has always been a thing for you guys, right? Yeah, we, we both started in, in 98, and uh, I guess the, the one thing Lisa didn't mention was... Um, Makes me teary. One day she sent me an email. She was having a bunch of her pens photographed for an online uh, pen magazine, and uh, she she was all excited. She sent me these pictures. They were professionally photographed, and I'm looking through it, and I'm like, you know, that's cool. I have that one, that one. That's a neat pen. Braggart. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and they came across a, a rather unusual... Uh, Esterbrook doctor's pen, which is white, um, and it had a certain person's name on it, uh, named D.T. Rosborough, and I actually had the matching pencil with the same guy's name on it. Oh, come on. This is going to make a movie out of you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So we we made a pact that if either of us ever decided to sell our piece, we would offer it to the other person first, and of course you have to buy it. She got um, me good on that one. <laughs> so I, I did end up selling it at one point. Um, but when we uh, got married, we used the pen to sign the, the marriage certificate. Oh, oh this, that is, is, this cool. is so heartwarming. Well, of course, first, the, the, pen, the pen was not restored, so I had to restore it. And uh, mm. I remember thinking one day, this is, this is going to go one of two ways. It's going to be fine, or I'm, I'm going to totally break this pen. Lisa was taking a nap. I went down... Uh, two floors in the house underneath the stairs in the basement I grabbed a heat gun and I'm trying to open this pen trying not to break it so I can resack it the day before the wedding oh my god <laughs> the most <laughs> nervous pen repair of all time it was yes. terrifying <laughs> I'm glad I didn't know <laughs> alright so I want to get into you know the the Anderson pens uh the, the building of the company. Uh, first, I want to get uh, a sponsor real quick. Mike, if you will take care of that for us. Yeah, we have a new sponsor today on the Pen Act, and that is Capto from Global Delight. So let me tell you a story. There's a school in Melbourne, Australia. It's called the Yabara Valley Grammar School. Close to 1,200 students attend this school. And in order to keep the study cycle smooth, the faculty is regularly trained with the new developments and updates of their learning management system that they use. To make this possible, to get all of these teachers up to speed so they can get learn, they can get everything done and get their students up and prepared as soon as possible, they do this with Capto, which is installed on all of the Macs that they have there. Capto is a powerful screen capturing, recording, and editing application. The developers of this app are super happy to know that their software helps make these types of things possible. It helps these teachers create learning tools and systems, enabling them to educate. This is the type of stuff that's great as a maker of things. 
all of us use Macs for different purposes, like coding, video editing, website development, or creating keynotes. And every once in a while, we'll come across the need for capturing a screen, recording it, and maybe editing it as well. Capture helps you do this. It helps you capture the full screen or just a part of the screen or maybe an entire web page. You can easily edit, add annotations, numbers, arrows, and so much more. It can also let you record yourself from your own built-in camera on your Mac in parallel to the screen recording so that maybe you can make a tutorial video, you could present things in just a few clicks. And all of this comes packaged in an app that's been designed for the best ease of use. As an added bonus, Capto also features iOS recording as well. So it helps you record the screens of your iOS devices with ease. You just plug them in to your Mac. So if you're looking for a screen capturing, recording and editing app that is efficient, powerful, and will save you time, Capto is the app for you. You can go to Capto for Mac com to find out more. That's C-A-P-T-O-F-O-R-M-A-C.com to find out more. Capto usually costs $29.99, but as a special offer for listeners of this show, if you use the coupon code INSIDER, you'll get yourself 30% off. Once again, that's CaptoForMac.com and the code INSIDER to get 30% off the purchase price. Thank you so much to Capto from Global Delight for supporting this show and Relay FM. All right, Brian and Lisa, so you guys have been in the pen community for a while you've met you've gotten married at what point does the conversation come up hey i think we should start selling pens i think there's a business around this what how does how does that happen um it, it actually <laughs> it actually was more of a demand um by me <laughs> if you're going to continue to buy these this many pens we need to sell some of the duplicates or um <laughs> You know, there were things we wanted to do for the house or the kids or the, you know, buy a new car or whatever. Like, we, we if you're going to buy this many pens, we need to sell some. Yeah, so I don't really have many duplicates. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Brian, Brian has a problem and Lisa needed to fix it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call it a problem. Quite, but yeah. um, it, you know, just like with anything else, if you are going to... Um, buy pens. Uh, if you don't have an unlimited income, uh, sometimes you buy something and a year later, it's no longer your favorite. And maybe there's something else you want. So it was just time to, to start to sell off some of the things that we no longer loved and used. And um, years before, I had actually been an um, Execlair retailer. So I knew that we could get paper and uh, ink, and so we started with um, vintage is not sustainable um, necessarily on its own. You know, there are only so many vintage pens in our collection, or there are only so many vintage pens you can buy at a decent price online and then, uh, you know, on eBay and resell. So we started to do just a a few lines of um, pens and ink and paper uh, that were modern and started to resell those and um, it went well and we just kept going. What year was that? When, when was, when was your first like appearance Anderson pens online? Uh, I think it was about probably 2008, 2009 okay. in that, that range, probably 2009. And this is, you started to do the online shop before you started to really kind of get out and go to different pen shows as Anderson pens, right? Like the, the online sales came first. Yeah, we actually had, um, we had a, a very kind of a crude website, but we, we were selling, like Lisa said, we were selling some of our pens, but then we, we had a friend of ours who was also uh, an Estabrook collector among other things. 
that uh, he he had a, a health issue and uh, he kind of came to the realization that he had way too many pens. Um, and he he decided he wanted to, us to do a consignment for him. So we constantly had most, they were mostly modern pens um, available on the website to put up. So that kind of that kind of fueled it. And then after that, there was another consignment, and uh, we we were doing consignments for a while. Gotcha. And Lisa, at the time, and and Brian, because both of y'all, what this was not your full time job, or it was your full time job, or mix no, of both. No, we. We fitted in around work. Um, mm-hmm. I was a college professor, and Brian was working IT for a, a local company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was definitely part time, but it was um, since we were doing it at home, it was nights, weekends, you know, before work. Um, you know, on my half days, we were constantly working on it. So as busy as you were, <laughs> your full time jobs your day jobs, you have Anderson pins going and then you decide, you know, I think traveling around the country going to pin shows is a good idea. How, how did that, how did that happen? <laughs> like, cause you're not busy at all. Right. And how, where, where does this come about? Because you're extremely well known for like making the pin show circuit these days. How did that original idea come about to say, let's hit the road. Well, even before we got married, our first show together was Atlanta uh, in April of 2009, and it was just a, a good time and a good place to, um, I could drive from Tampa, Brian flew to Atlanta, and then um, drove back with me to Tampa after, so it was a good excuse to see each other, um, but we look back at the pictures of our single table with some desk sets and, and you know, 12 pads of paper and two slaughter boxes of pens, it's it's cute. It's cute. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was good exposure, and we knew that we could both, um, Brian, far more than me, but we could both uh, buy and repair uh, Astrobrook. So it was also a good opportunity to see if there was anything worth buying that we could flip. Um, and it went well. And uh, then we did Chicago in um, t- 2009, and I, I hadn't moved up yet. So that was yeah, I hadn't moved up yet yeah. by that point. But <clears throat> so we, we just kept doing it. And in, in the early days, we actually um, we would actually buy pens one day, go back to the hotel room, restore them, and then put them off the table the next day. Wow. That's, yeah, there yeah. wasn't much sleep going on. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. That's great. And then, you know, slowly, slowly as as the years go by, you know, you fast forward all the way till now. And how how many shows are on your calendar this year to like drive to? I guess you you what you have maybe one more this year in Ohio in a couple of weeks. How many how many did you go to this year? Uh, Columbus is the last one for the year, and we did twelve this year. Okay, wow. including that, that'll be twelve. Yeah, that'll be twelve, including Columbus. Uh, we've done seventy two shows together since two thousand and nine. Whoa. That's, uh, I, I can't wrap my I can't wrap my head around that. <laughs> it, it averages to uh, twelve or thirteen a year, um, and considering we don't do shows in the summer generally, um, mm-hmm. it's you know six or seven shows in the first five months, and then six or seven shows in the last four months of the year. And just to be clear for all of those who don't know, y'all are driving to these shows, right? Yes, yeah, we no matter, live in- no matter the distance. 
Yep, we live in Wisconsin, and we drive to uh, San Francisco, L.A. We drove to Miami, um, yeah, D.C., Dallas. San Francisco everywhere. was probably the longest, and that was about forty. It's like fifty hours. Fifty hours. Wow. And, and we don't we don't stop. It's really crazy, but we don't spend the night in a hotel and keep you know, and then get up in the morning. We take a nap in the car at a rest stop and and keep going. Wow. Power through. That's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, or crazy. or insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> called both. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, how many cars have you gone through, or have you tracked how many miles you've actually driven on shows or anything like that? Well, originally we used to drive in um, my Saturn Ion, mm. which is um, small four door sedan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Small. Yep. Uh, and then uh, after a couple years, we bought our um, Acura. We had an MDX. And uh, this year, actually, it died on the way to the L.A. Pen Show. We were about half an hour out of town, and the car just gave up. And uh, we ended up buying a new car that day <laughs> on the way to the show. Wow. I guess, you, I guess you didn't have a choice at that point, right? You were, you were fully packed, right? We yeah, were. Yeah. And, and, you know, L.A., um, is such a big show. We couldn't afford to miss it. We'd already paid our fees and all of that. So we, we had to go. Um, it was certainly not the way most people, uh, including us would choose to buy a car. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's an, that's never a good experience. No matter if you're in the perfect situation, you were far, far from it. So going to these shows over the past few years and seeing the online, growth continue you know y'all are bringing in more brands online you're adding more tables at every show you go to because your your product lineup is expanding and everything's going great and you get this wonderful idea again to just throw more at yourselves let's open a brick and mortar store on top of all of this other stuff going on so how how did those conversations come about because in my book, you're already on the crazy train. You know, <laughs> everything you do, and it's awesome. It's like beyond impressive. I say that jokingly because what it is is impressive um, what you're doing. And then you say, let's do exactly what everyone thinks we shouldn't do, and that's open a brick-and-mortar store. So how did that come about? Well, I think it was actually a, a natural extension of what we were doing. We... Uh, at one point, we had pen stuff in every room of the house, and I think I think a lot of people will will relate to that. But I mean, we literally had it in the in both bathrooms. Uh, we were finding stuff in the kitchen, like for years after we moved out of the house. Um, under know, under pot holders, and I mean, in the junk drawer, crazy places we would find things. You know, syringes. I found a bottle of Aurora Black in the uh, cabinet of in, in the kitchen. <laughs> Uh, but we decided we were going to we were going to renovate our basement, and uh, we had about uh, I don't know it was about 500 square feet. We had shelves put in. It took us about a year, and six months later, we had completely outgrown it. We we couldn't wow. sustain it, and we said, well, we need we need to move this out of the house. And so we were we were kind of walking. We have a nice little downtown area. We live about a, a mile, not even a mile from the downtown area. We said, well, why don't we just get a place that we can open. Not only to to house the inventory, but uh, and handle shipping and all that. But maybe we can have some walk-in traffic, and then there are also some brands that will only sell to brick and mortar. So mm-hmm. uh, 
um, we we walked around and we eventually it took us about I don't know about a year yeah about a year or so and we finally found uh, the right place and uh, and we made it happen. And when when was that? It's been like what maybe two years. We uh, it'll be three years next month. Actually, I think we signed the lease three years ago this week, and uh, we got the keys right at uh, Halloween. Um, yeah, so gotcha. sometime like this week, three years ago, and then we opened for business two weeks later. Dang, that's so cool. Yeah, I I can see how that actually in 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 your minds and the way everything's going and as busy as you guys are, that that actually makes sense. Let's ha- have our own shop. You know, it's close by. We can at least do our work out of there. And oh, by the way, it'll be a storefront. Maybe people will come in too. And at this time, it, are you still? working other jobs at this time like are you doing all these things traveling all over the country open a brick and mortar are you still you know teaching lisa brian are you still in the in the it world yes yeah, yeah. um <laughs> i had, <laughs> I had <laughs> boggles my mind <laughs> i had stopped teaching uh face to face during mm-hmm. the day and i was doing um i was teaching some online classes and some night classes in appleton and uh, I was the only one at the store for quite a while. But, you know, we figured that if we were going to have to pay, you know, warehouse or office space, it might as well be retail. And um, I, we were surprised at how well it took off. Yeah. And, and downtown Appleton is not uh, real estate prices aren't that this, this is not downtown Chicago. Sure. Uh, the prices are, are very reasonable. Uh, but But I was still working and we were often doing. Uh, going to a show and then we would we always leave right after the show we drive home and we were in most cases we would drive drive home and then I would go directly to work I mean I would not sleep I would just go straight to work because that's how it how it worked out yeah I mean if nothing else people should take away from this how much you guys love what you do like as far as this pen industry that we're all fortunate to be in i mean you guys are committed like no other that i i have ever heard of in my life and i quite honestly it, it's impressive and uh i i i don't have a question i just wanted you to know that it's it's, <laughs> it, it's seriously seriously impressive and you should be proud of of everything that y'all built i, I was gonna say that we're both um pretty driven and mm-hmm. goal oriented and we knew that we could do more. And we Mm -hmm. knew that this was what we wanted to continue to do. And, uh, we knew that we both still wanted to buy other pens, which meant we had to sell (laughs) some things. Um, so it was, it was just, um, you know, you put your head down and you do what you have to do. And, and when you look up, you are shocked at how far you've come. So I'm wondering, like, kind of about the store. Um, is there a, is there a lot of foot traffic, or is it like you you have the store because you need the space for the online stuff as well, and kind of it goes hand in hand quite nicely? No, we're surprised at how much foot traffic we get. Um, it's, yeah. it's quite busy, actually. That's awesome. Um, you know, we 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 get some some traffic during the week, of course, but uh, Saturdays are just when we're open. It's just it's completely crazy. You you open the door. People start coming in. The next thing you know, it's it's time to close. And people are still there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's we're we're very surprised. I mean, the store pays for itself and all of its expenses and all the employees on its own. So 
that's really exciting and 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 not, like not meant in a bad way but surprising it's just interesting that like a dedicated pen store in a town can do that right like it's it's a, it's an exciting thing to think about well especially with so many other pen stores closing um i think that we had the advantage that we both had retail experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um, and brian has an mba and so we just tried to be really smart about how we did things. Uh, it got to be a kind of a problem that we were so busy and uh, we were open barely five months and we hired our first full-time employee. Wow. 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 Full-time that's as well. Great. Like that's such a huge jump, right? Like from, from nobody to a full-time employee. Like that's, that's amazing. It was nice yes, to have the company. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> well, I want to talk about like some specifics about the store. I want to talk about some specific products and product lines that you guys carry um, and some really interesting things that you guys are doing online and, you know, at the shows and, and things like that. But first, we got one more sponsor to talk about today, and that's our good friends at Harry's. Harry's is sponsoring this week's episode of The Pan Addict to let you know about their amazing shave plans and the fact that you can now get yourself a free trial set when you sign up for a Harry's shave plan. Harry's is so confident in the quality of the products that they make to help you shave better that they're offering them to you for free. Harry's free trial set comes with a razor, five blade cartridge and shaving gel. When you sign up for a Harry's shave plan, all you need to do is pay $3 for shipping. Brad, why should people use Harry's? It's the best shaving experience on the market, bar none. And I've used a lot. Um, I've been, you know, beholden to the the grocery store razor under lock and key for years and years and years and paying through the nose for those products that are not good, not as good as a product you can get for much cheaper that does a much better job without the stigma of fighting through the lock and key at the yep. grocery store. Um, it's just that good of a shave. It's that good of a product. Um, I've never used anything better, and that's the truth. Talking about that price, Harry's customers, everyday shavers of Harry's, save about $150 each year on blades because they use Harry's. Harry's offer a high-quality shave at half the price of the big brand blades. So... Harry's razors, their five-blade razors, include a softer flex hinge for a more comfortable glide, a trimmer blade for hard-to-reach places, a lubricating strip, and it comes on a textured razor handle for control even when your hands are wet. Harry's believes so much in the quality of their razors that they guarantee that quality. You'll get a full refund if you're not happy. Go to harrys.com right now and you want to use the code PENADDICT to check out to claim your free trial set. Because you're a listener of this show, as well as that free trial set, you'll also get a bonus post-shave balm added to your order on top of all of that. All you need to do is pay for the shipping. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Code PENADDICT to get your free trial set and free post-shave balm. Thank you so much to Harry's for their continued support of this show. And Relay FM. So, Brian and Lisa, you've introduced this thing on your website in the past few months that I find to be invaluable for me personally, invaluable as someone who's in the community and needs to answer questions, um, and invaluable just for the amount of fun I have with it. And that's the ink comparison tool 
that you built on Anderson pens. It's really fascinating to play with. And I can't even imagine what went into building that and making it work as well as it does. So why don't you tell me how impossible that was to put together? Because I'm guessing it was. Uh, It took over a year um, to do everything that we wanted to do. We knew that we wanted to do, uh, we wanted to bring back some things that uh, some of the pioneers in the industry had done. Um, And uh, we knew that in order to do an ink comparison tool, we had to completely redo the ink swabs that we had at the time, which were a horizontal layout. And that wasn't going to work to compare the color the way we wanted. So we had to completely redo all of our ink swabs. And we are up to over uh, close to 900 inks. Um, And we did five of each, one for the photographer, you know, the three different books that we have, and then one as a backup. Um, And I did all of them. Uh, we got a hundred. That's 4,500. See, I can do some math, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we, we started with, um, with uh, a broad nib, and we ended up, after about 100 colors, deciding that maybe we should use a medium nib, so we, we had to start <laughs> over. Um, but we were very intentional with um, all of our choices. If we are going to take on this massive undertaking, um, everyone in the company had um, input, which cardstock we changed to, which font we now used. Um, the format, you know, what do we include? What do we not include? And uh, it was it was very much a collaborative effort with uh, everyone in the company and a, a couple of friends who gave us some good feedback. Yeah, and the results show because you have to have that consistency across the swabs because you're pulling them up. You're pulling up basically images of each of these swabs as people go through choose a shade choose a brand choose however they want to put these things together and then they come up side by side and if you don't have that consistency across every number that you have it it kind of like sticks out a little bit so to like see that and pull that off i know that took a massive massive amount of work so because you're not busy at all anyway like as i've proven (laughs) throughout this show you guys aren't doing anything so you that probably took you like a day well, you know, we, we're, we're, we're actually still working on it. We're, we're mm-hmm. right now on our third version of the tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there are some things that we did that I'm not happy with. So we're actually redoing. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're tweaking some of the swabs that didn't come out quite right. We found a better way to do it. Um, but, uh, you know, now we have, we took input from anybody who was, who was willing to offer uh, and we came up with some really great ideas. You know, right now we have drag and drop. So if you want to, you know, pick two colors and you want to move them next to each other, you can just click on it and drag it and move it over. And um, you know, we came up with some really, really good ideas. And I think we've got a, a solid tool right now. So I, I didn't think of this until you just said it. It's really, really difficult to capture ink colors accurately in a digital manner. I mean, and you, you don't have to give me any any secret sauce or anything, but what they look like to your eyes in person in a bottle going down on a swab. It's hard sometimes, especially with some inks to capture that correctly. And, and I mean, is that a challenge you ran up against? Yeah, it, it, it was in, in, you know, people are very critical of that and rightly so. Yeah. Um, I, the, I think w- maybe one of the biggest problems is not only getting the color right on our end, but most people don't understand 
um, or they're not aware of uh, having their monitor calibrated. Sure. We, we, we calibrate ours every 30 days uh, so that when we're doing you know, images of, of swabs, they're, they're as accurate as they possibly can be. So sometimes, while it looks right on our machine, it might be a little bit off maybe on yours. And, and so it's, it's definitely a challenge to try to get it uh, as, as close as possible so you know what you're looking at. Yeah, like this stuff is so incredibly difficult anyway. I mean, like I've been in person and bought ink and I've looked at it on the swabs in front of me and it ends up being different on the notepad that I use, right? Like it's not even just about the way that the images come out. This stuff just varies so can vary so much, right? Depending on the tools that you're using even to use the ink. That's true. Not everybody realizes that. Um, one of the other things we wanted to do was include inks that have been discontinued. You know, everybody's looking for a yeah. replacement for Parker Penman Sapphire or, you know, yeah. Sailor Apricot when it was discontinued or, or some of the Mont Blanc limited edition inks. You know, you missed out and now you need a replacement. Um, there was no way to find something close to that without finding a bottle at a show and paying a fortune for it or, or begging a, a swab from somebody. And, and now you can do that. And uh, we added the properties to the inks as well, uh, because, you know, people are always looking for a fast dry ink or a bulletproof ink or something that's lubricated or, or whatever. Yeah, I think that's big for like we refer to things like the Parker Penman Sapphire and there's just no way to get it unless they're going to break into your house and go under your bed. Right. So. Yeah. That's the only. I told stash you not left. to mention the bed. <laughs> That's the only stash left <laughs> in the country, <laughs> but it's imp it's cool that you know when I bring up certain colors, I can put up that sapphire up there. Like if I'm gonna, someone's asking me a question, that's what I use it for the most. Actually, is like you know I'm thinking about this ink. How does it look? In, you know, compared to this ink, and it's cool. I can pull up that sapphire swab on there, and you know you just you don't get that anywhere else. I mean that's that's really cool how you can have these older colors because people are always referring to. Give me something like this ink that I used to use that's not made anymore. And you're like, oh, by the way, here's the swab right here. And you can put it up right next to these. How cool is that? I, I love yep. that. And we have people who send us uh, samples of ink we don't have in the tool that they would like to see included. And it's, you know, we're so grateful that people are so generous. Um, you know, it's it's win-win. We get to add something else to the tool to give back to the community and uh, customers have uh, other inks uh, that they can use for comparison. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. And it's it's one of my favorite things online. And uh, I, I always share it and, and use the heck out of it. So that's very cool. So you did another thing, I guess, probably within the past year that's near and dear to my heart. And you not only started carrying Sailor, which isn't like the most common thing to have in the US, you have like the high-end Sailor Bespoke lineup, which is really, really difficult to get all these special nibs and, you know, different styles. So why don't you talk a little bit just about how Sailor came in, how that ramped up to the Bespoke lineup to that you have today? Well, we started carrying Sailor, uh, I guess it was about three years ago, and started as their, you know, newest uh, account. And it was uh, a brand that um, I had had sailor pens in the past and, and thought they were good. Um, you know, it's hard to beat a, a beautiful pen with a gold nib, mm -hmm. uh, good brand, 
uh, wonderful reputation and we would sell one and buy two and then sell mm -hmm. two and buy six. And we just kept building and building. And in order to be able to um, offer all of the standard pens in any nib combination that was possible, we had to keep buying and buying and buying. And uh, we just really feel we, we believe in the brand. And, and the support from the sales group and from Atoya out in California is amazing. It's just, it, it was a good fit. Yeah, and it helps that not only you're, you know, online, you can get that, but then you bring that out to shows. Like, I walk up to y'all's table and, you know, like, I'll bug you at a show, like, while you're setting up. <laughs> and Lisa will give me the, she'll, she'll know, like, why I'm over there. And she'll just, like, cut her eyes and she's like, go talk to him. <laughs> and, and he's like got some he's he's got something new and he's like oh man this is gonna be bad for me me and my wallet and brian's like hey let me show you this <laughs> and it's always <laughs> something new from sailor brian gets so excited about this sailor lineup like what's your what what should people know about this bespoke lineup brian well the bespoke uh in the united states is is limited to three dealers um so uh in bespoke essentially is a, a series of handcrafted nibs, um, which include the Naganata Togi um, and everything else from the Fude, Concord, uh, Cross Point, Cross Music, the, even the King Eagle and the King, uh, uh, King Cobra that people uh, see online. But in addition, there are special bespoke-only bodies. Uh, so... Um, Unfortunately, they just discontinued the ribbed version, but many people are familiar with the ribbed Sailor 1911s. Mm -hmm. uh, there are different colors, different color and trim combinations, and probably most importantly, um, Arushi, King of Pen, and, and most of the, the variations are in the King of Pen family. Ebonite, King of Pen, Arushi, uh, and the limited editions. So what is, if someone's new to this, like I've... I'm obviously a huge Sailor fan. Um, I love their pen designs. I love their quality. I love their nibs. And I bought my first King of Pens from you um, this year in Atlanta, but it was just, you know, a standard. It, it wasn't in the bespoke lineup. I didn't get, you know, one of the um, the big, you know, crazy looking nibs. What, <laughs> <laughs> when people are looking at these, like, what type of things do they offer like from a writing experience that someone might be interested in adding that to, you know, like one of the, one of these pens that, um, in the, in the bespoke lineup? Well, most of the, the bespoke nibs, uh, have the ability to write on both sides of the nibs. So upside down is maybe a finer line or a different line width in the, uh, the other direction. Uh, and the interesting thing about bespoke nibs uh, they don't, except for the Naganata Togi, they don't actually come in nib widths. So mm. you don't, you can't get a, you can't get a, a Fude in a fine. It, it is what it is. Um, and uh, every, every single pen has its own unique characteristics. Uh, they're all made by hand by Yukio Nagahara. Uh, he has two assistants, but uh, it, depending on what you, what you like, many of them are, are very, very uh, juicy very wet. Uh, some act like architect's nibs. I mean, there's just a, there's a whole range of uh, whatever you can imagine, essentially. Yeah. So there's a cool link on your site. We'll have it in the show notes and that I've shared a bunch and talk about a bunch where you can go read about these nibs. Um, look at 
the different styles, look at the types of lines that they offer. They the the thing about those nibs is they're not just going to write one way, kind of like you're saying. I mean, depending on pretty much everything across that lineup is going to write give you two different lines depending on how you're holding it and some, you know, much more variation than that, right? Right. Yeah. Some of them are, some of them have the line variation based on uh, direction, similar to an architect or a cross point, right? very similar to an architect. Some of them based on angle, like the Fude or the Concorde, and then uh, some based on which side of the nib you've got it, uh, you've got it turned to. Yeah, that's very cool. And you bring these out to the shows, right? I mean, if you have them in stock, right? You 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 sell a decent amount of them. So some, sometimes you don't always have stock in on these, but you're bringing these out. People can look at and check them out, right? Right. And we, we do have um, a, a decent supply of Naganata Togi nibs. Most of the rest of the uh, the Nagahara lineup um, are, are in such high demand that mm. uh, Sailor Japan is having a, a difficult time keeping uh, keeping up with, with stock and quantity. And so we we actually get them when we can get them. And they'll they'll send us an email and say, hey, listen, we found we found three food days. Do you want them? And I say, absolutely. And, <laughs> and then we have them and then they're gone. So, yeah, um, we carry, we carry whatever we have to the show and, uh, you know, we do yeah. the best we can to get, to get the inventory that we get. Do you keep any kind of waiting list if someone's looking for like a really specialty item like that? Uh, well, it's, it's difficult. Sometimes mm. we, we can. The problem is, is it, they're literally on the order of thousands of, of, of orders behind in yeah. Japan, so they're really not they're not really taking orders from us um, on some makes- of the specialty nibs. So I, I, we have a lot of people ask about the the most most common is the King Eagle. Everybody wants mm-hmm. the King Eagle, um, which in and of itself is a thousand dollar nib. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, since there's no there's no I guess there's no time manufacturing time frame, so there can't really be a waiting list. Yeah, it, it becomes difficult. Uh, even Naganata Togi nibs right now in specialty bespoke bodies with Naganata Togi nibs are nine-month wait right now. Wow. So, you know, that means if we're even able to order a, a King Eagle or a Fude, it, it's going to be, you know, really it's a, over a year or more if we can even order it. Yeah. So yeah. the King Eagle, if anybody doesn't know, it's what, it's like three nibs laid on top of each other? Yeah, it's three layers. So like Sailor actually has a couple of different steps. So their cross point is two layers that are sp- uh, that are split, and then the King Eagle is a third additional layer uh, of gold that's split. So essentially, it, it amounts to six times. Wow! So I assume <laughs> you have a long waiting list for these, <laughs> or none, because <laughs> you can't get them. It's hard. We we have access to one King Eagle nib. Uh, but it comes in a very special Machie body. So if you're interested, it's for about four thousand three hundred dollars. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least enough. <laughs> so Lisa, you mentioned something kind of in in passing earlier, but it was something I wanted to to point out and something I wanted to get your take on. Having a brick and mortar shop allows you to carry certain vendors that you can't if you have an online only shop. So number one, what are those vendors? And number two, do you find products that do far better in brick and mortar than online or vice versa? Like you can't sell something online, but it flies out um, in the shop or things like that? Um, well, the, the first question, we um, uh, Lammy 
used to be, you know, anybody could carry Lamy. Then they went to brick and mortar only. Um, and so we, as soon as we signed the lease um, at the store, we could order Lamy. We could order Visconti. And uh, I don't remember how long we'd had the store. And um, Mont Blanc called. We had been in touch with them. And we were the first pen store account to be opened by Mont Blanc in seven years. Whoa. Yeah. So it was it was quite a quite an honor, quite a surprise when the sales rep called and said, Hi, I'm so and so from Mont Blanc. And I thought it was a friend just teasing me. I'm like, Yeah, who is this? He's <laughs> like, No, really, here's my phone number. Call me back. I'm like, No, who is this? That is um, cool. Yeah, it was um it kind of took us to the next level, um, mm-hmm. retail wise. Um but uh there are certainly things that sell better in the store than, than online or at shows. Um, when we opened the store, Brian only wanted to carry fountain pens, mm-hmm. period. And That didn't last long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so a lot of uh, like Schaefer pens do, I think, better in the store. And uh, ballpoints and rollerballs, uh, definitely yeah. better in the store. It's that a, makes a, sense from the foot traffic, I think, yeah. And it's kind of a gateway drug. You need to sometimes ease people in from the cheap bic that you get at the office mm. to a retro or a Schaefer or uh, some other nice ballpoint or rollerball. And from there, once they're used to a, a nicer feel in the hand and a nicer writing experience, it's not that much more of a stretch to go to a fountain pen from there. Yeah. And the next thing, um, your shop is full of shop rats on Saturday. live there all day and they just want to be there and be around all the pens and are buying all the new fountain pens that's awesome i think we've we've become a destination for a lot of people which is not anything we ever thought we would be uh people drive from uh chicago from milwaukee madison from minnesota uh, we have several, we're big in Minneapolis, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have several people who drive over on a regular basis. Um, people who travel from all over the country and they're in the area for uh, a wedding or an event or um, the big airplane uh, event here in, Oshkosh, in Oshkosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they'll, they'll, while they're in the area, they just uh, zip on up make it a point that's awesome that's so cool yeah i wouldn't have thought you know you don't think of those things like at first you're brian's like okay i gotta get all this stuff out of the basement and then next thing you know you're like a destination pin shop that just it just goes to show the people behind it are the reason why i mean it's let's not let's not get ourselves it's it's brian and lisa anderson is the reason why they're coming (laughs) (laughs) i i guess we don't think of it that way but (laughs) But I mean, you definitely have fans, and then people want to come and and see you guys. And uh, I, I just think it's like one of the coolest things ever that that y'all have this going, and and things just seem to be going gangbusters for y'all. So so what's next? I mean, you guys. I mean, it's obviously nonstop. You're busy all the time. Um, what's what's next for the empire? Well, we we uh, our first main goal was just to have both of us quit our full time jobs, mm-hmm. and uh, I did that before Brian did. Uh, Brian was working; uh, he changed IT companies, and they just kept offering him more money and and you know <laughs> six month contract, a six month contract, and it was just stupid money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would use that and um, 
you know, that, that supported us and, and uh, helped us grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year in August, Brian quit his job. And so we've both been full-time for the company since then. Um, Yay. Yeah. <laughs> that's exciting. It was kind of a scary move, but it was no really, joke. It, it was time. It was probably past time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just, uh, and I thought it would just be us and our full timer Dave uh, for mm-hmm. a long time, but we just keep needing more people. Um, and we've grown by leaps and bounds. And uh, we've got a, a couple big projects in the works that, um, one of them came out of nowhere, uh, so we're working on that, and uh, a couple other things that we've been working on and planning for quite a while that are almost ready to be revealed. Yeah, I think I think June of uh, summer of 2017 is going to be a very interesting time. Um, I can't, I, we can't say much wow. right now, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I'll let's just say I, I think it's going to blow some people's minds. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> I know, I know. That's just the worst. <laughs> I, great. I, we, ha- we, ha- we must know. When will we know? Well, June of 2017. That's when I, I think by June, probably. Yeah. <laughs> late, late spring, early summer. Um, I thought I could maybe try and move it up there. You know, see. <laughs> well, not all of it depends on us, but um, yeah, there's there's some interesting things going on. And um, this past summer, Brian spent a week. Um, away from the store and away from the company. And um, that was kind of fun for all of us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, sometimes you need a a little space. And um, the team and I were back in Appleton while Brian went and trained with Richard Binder. Oh, nice. I remember that. uh, Yeah. And took the the Master Nib class. Fantastic. Yeah, I remember reading about that. I thought, oh, this is cool. This is interesting. I like where this is headed. That's very good. Mm. It's definitely an interesting class, and I think you know if, if anybody is seriously interested, uh, it's it's definitely a must uh, a must do. Um, you know, it's not it's not inexpensive, but it's three days sitting right next to Richard, um, and in learning how to grind nibs and straighten nibs, and you know, it's it's already paid off um, in just the ability to to tune and, and straighten nibs. It's uh, it a fantastic uh, wow. experience. That's great. That's great. Okay, so I want to wrap this up. Um, unless you have anything, you know, other news you want to break for the shop or or <laughs> online or anything. Uh, I, I, what I basically want to know is, you know, what you guys are using. Like, people want to know what pen does Lisa have, what ink is in it, and what paper does she write on. You know, this is what the people want to know, Lisa. Uh, well, actually, we just uh, are finishing up an ink swapping. Um, what do you call it? It's not a contest, but an ink swapping challenge at the store. So Mm. I'm not quite sure what's in my pen. Uh, We all all picked names. It's the the same ink challenge Brian and I did a few months ago. Uh, Everybody in the company, we put our names in a hat and uh, sort of like a secret Santa and all drew a different name and we had to fill that person's pen. Um, So I have this purple ink in my pen. Uh, I think Dave told me what it was. But I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, okay. Now that's that's an awesome idea. It's fun. You it it forces you to try inks you wouldn't necessarily try. Um, the first time Brian and I did it just for each other, um, I gave Brian uh, a, a kind of a old cold grun. Uh, Roran Klinger, old cold grun. Yeah, yeah, that's a great ink. Green ink he wouldn't have chosen. 
And mm-hmm. Brian gave me a Diamine Shimmer Tastic, one of the gray colors. And uh, I, I don't do shimmer and I don't do yeah. gray. But I used it for a, a week. And uh, but the gray, I can get behind. The, yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun. Generally, I use um, a vanishing point or two. I have a couple sailors that are always with me. Um, I will freely confess that I have a couple retro fifty one uh, roller balls that I love. Yeah, exactly. So, That's the good stuff. There, there are sometimes some occasions when you need something other than a fountain pen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my I think uh, that's perfect. Anderson pens are my top tip to find the weird and wonderful retro fifty ones. <laughs> yes. Something that happens at Atlanta every year. I just kind of saunter over to the table and see what's there, and there's always something I've never seen before, like that rose gold one, the brown and rose gold one that I got a few in Atlanta last time. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, one of the reasons we have retro fifty one is because I remember hearing it on the podcast. <laughs> um, you guys are talking about retro all the time, and I'm like, we got to check this out. And I re- I actually remember what. I think you might have asked me a question once. I think when the um, the brick and mortar was starting and you just wanted to be fountain pens, that re- when Lisa said that, that reminded me, I think you might even ask me, it's like, should we really carry like the Retro 51? I was like, yeah, I think it would probably do pretty well. It's at a really good price point and it's a cool pen. And, yep. uh, yeah, good. So yeah, we love that pen. So yeah, I do. I actually have a Retro 51 in my bag uh, just in case. Uh, today I've got a, uh, a Mont Blanc 149 90th anniversary with... Uh, uh, I really do love the uh, Mont Blanc Irish Green. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a great color, um, and uh, I've been swapping in between since since August. Is probably the longest time I've gone uh, consistently using a pen, uh, the uh, Sailor King of Pen Green Mosaic. Yeah, yeah. And- I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna delete this podcast now. <laughs> you know, that's the one pen that I want. That is the most beautiful pen. I. I I love that pen. You you show it to me every time I, I come by. You have had it in your pocket, yeah, ever since you got it, right? That, that was not an easy pen to to come across, and it's a stunner. Well, we we knew the man who had it, and he'd actually offered it to us earlier, and uh, it was it was not inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and we waited, and he brought it to DC. Um, Brian said no. Uh, I knew that he wanted it, and Brian's like, "No, that's that's a lot of money. Let's see how we do at the show, et cetera." And I just we we had a couple sales. I just took the money, ran over and bought it, and um, you better use it every yeah, day. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> and, and, and the, the thing, thing about it is, is when we first became sailor dealers, it was actually in the catalog. Mm. I could have ordered it. Wow, um, you know, and and when you get used to paying wholesale for your pens. And you can't get that pen anymore. And <laughs> somebody says, here it is. And you're thinking, man, I could have got that cheaper if I had just pulled the trigger. Um, it's it's kind of a tough nut to swallow. And I, I actually told her not to buy it. I said, that's mm-hmm. just too much money, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I'm glad I'm glad she did. And um, I just didn't want to hear him whine about how he <laughs> lost out. Oh, I, I wish we'd bought that pen. And so yeah. kind of at, at some shows, that's our... Um, deciding factor it's like okay he's he's deciding between two pens which one are you going to whine about more on the way <laughs> you know lament the fact that you didn't buy it um go buy that one and and that way it, we're both happy yeah and he's so humble about it too like when i go over there he's like right let me sh- let me show you what i got and he's like he like points to his pocket and he gets this little grin on his face <laughs> but if, it, if it if it was me you know, I'd be like jumping around. I'm like, Brian, look what I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, but it's so great. I, I, I love that pen. And uh, uh, yeah, 
you guys, um, I don't know how you do it. Uh, I'll be perfect, perfectly honest. I look at like how busy I am like on a daily basis and I feel like it's nothing compared to you guys. So I'm super impressed with everything that you do. Everything you do is wonderful. Um, the best of luck in everything going forward. And yep. I'm Thank sure you. you'll be getting lots of June 2017 questions now. <laughs> <laughs> Starting in about a week, you know, they'll they'll start coming out. Um, you know that thing you said, uh, what's what's really going on? So uh, hopefully that won't uh, give you too much. But uh, we'll be keeping our, our eyes peeled. And uh, we really, really appreciate the time y'all took out of your busy, busy day yep. to, uh, to come on the show this morning. We have to do it uh, sooner than in another 229 episodes, right? <laughs> That'd be well, great. Thank you so much for having us. It's, um, it, it was great. Hey, y'all are awesome. Um, you, you, you make it easy. Y'all are a great company, great story, great people. You can't really ask for more. So, uh, if you're listening to this and you have not visited Anderson pens, do it. And, uh, if you have visited Anderson pens, do it again and, uh, the, and go say, Hey, at any pen shows, uh, around the country, definitely check the schedule for where Brian and Lisa are bringing, uh, their many, many tables of wonderment. It's worth seeing. <laughs> you can find links to all of the stuff in our show notes today, which are at relay.fm slash pen addict slash two, two, nine. Want to find Brad online? You go to penaddict.com. He has dowdyism on Twitter and penaddict on Instagram. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks again to our sponsors for this week's episode. That is Capto from Global Delight and Aries. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, everybody. Bye, Bye -bye. everybody. Bye.